Welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ann, the blogger and content creator at Real Happy Mom, where moms can find encouragement and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. I also have this podcast to introduce you to other moms from various walks of life. And today I have Diana Collins, who will be talking to us about a very sensitive subject. But before you click away, I want you to know that there is light at the end of this episode. So Diana is going to be talking to us today about her experience with suicide and postpartum depression. This is a pretty heavy topic, so you may not want to listen to it with the kids around. But like I said, I promise there is some light and hope at the end of this episode. Now, before we jump into episode number 26, I want to make sure that you know about my mommy affirmations. These affirmations will help you keep a positive mindset with little helpful reminders that you can place on your desk or on your calendar. So head over to realhappymom.com affirmations to get yours today for free. Now let's jump into episode number 26 with Diana. Welcome to the podcast, Diana. Thank you for having me, Tony. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I am excited to have you. I know today we have a little bit heavier topic that we'll be talking about, but I'm sure that we can shed some light and some joy in this. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share. But before we jump into that, I just want you to tell the listeners a little bit about you and your mom life. Absolutely. Hi, everyone. I am Diana Collins. I am the founder of the Always With Me Foundation, and I'm a mom of two girls, hashtag girl mom, (laughs) and they are four and three, the light of my life, but boy, sometimes they play like boys. I kind of wonder, (laughs) but I am married to my best friend that I met. If you're from Las Vegas, we actually met on Fremont Street which is um, downtown Las Vegas, and they have like old casinos and stuff like that. But that is where we met, and we ended up getting to know each other and shaking hands and meeting each other at the bar. So (laughs) that is my story in a nutshell. But I enjoy, you know, just connecting with moms and, you know, supporting them after they give birth and even farther than that, you know, toddler life, teen life, what have you. (laughs) just mom life so (laughs) awesome awesome I like it now Diana you have a story that you have been wanting to share and I definitely want to jump into that now it is difficult for me to talk about but I definitely want you to share as much of your story as you feel comfortable and how your story led to your foundation Absolutely. Well, thank you for giving me this foundation and this platform to share my story. And I know it's a heavy topic, but it all started three years ago, actually, March 1st of 2016. My best friend from high school, we've known each other since high school, um, had lost her life due to postpartum depression. And when I found out a few days after that, I was seven months pregnant. And I basically call myself the poster child of postpartum depression. And, you know, had I known about this illness, had I known the warning signs and how I could have been triggered because, you know, hello, I lost my best friend. And then one month, two months later, I'm giving birth to my daughter. I did not handle that very well. I basically went and hit rock bottom, you know, trying to 
grieve a loss, a severe tragic loss, and then trying to be a mom to this newborn baby and another baby who was, you know, one and a half years old. It was very tragic for me. And but that led me to, I started my own podcast called the Always With Me podcast. And I just wanted to hear stories from moms and know that I wasn't alone. And I basically started it for myself. You know, I tried, I Googled online and y'all will laugh at me for this, but I literally Googled um, best friend suicide postpartum. Like I wanted to find stories that were exactly like mine because that's how I, that's how much I felt so alone in this. And of course, you know, my story is so rare. I did not find, you know, a huge percentage. But what I did find was a huge percentage of moms who suffered from postpartum depression and anxiety, OCD, and, and even psychosis. And, you know, although we don't share the exact same story, we all struggled with our own motherhood, like, you know, our self-worth and, and our self-esteem. And, you know, if we can even handle becoming a mom or being a mom, we all struggled in that sense. And, and I wanted, after starting the non, or the podcast, excuse me, I wanted a way to help prevent moms from going to that dark place, from going into PPD or anxiety or any type of mental health issue. I wanted a way to prevent more deaths happening to these moms. And I had learned about postpartum doulas where they just come into the home and provide, you know, um, light house duties. You know, we, we um, help moms with the baby, help moms sleep, basically help mom heal after giving birth. Because, Tony, I'm sure you can agree to this. Coming <laughs> home after your baby and, and trying to figure this all out by yourself is extremely overwhelming. And oh, yes. <laughs> and it's like you're discharged from the hospital and they're like, good luck with you and everything, you know, you're supposed to know what you're supposed to be doing. Like, I'm sorry, but there's no books out there that tells you exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And oh, yeah. so basically, you know, and, and the biggest thing is, is that a lot of these moms, especially military moms, they are in a situation where they don't have the support. Like I had a lot of support. All, all of my family is here in town in Las Vegas and I had the support I needed. But there's moms out there who don't. There are single moms, teen moms, military moms whose husband is deployed or even just moms who move into a new state and don't know anybody and her husband can't get the time off. So that is where the postpartum doula will come in and you know, with an unbiased opinion of her, just... Here's mom, here's her baby, and mom just needs help. We take referrals from medical professionals, your doctor, your um, WIC provider, even your midwife, or even a nurse who, you know, suspect some kind of postpartum mental illness. They will send me an email saying, can you reach out to this mom? She's struggling. And I think the, the nurses and or even the WIC providers already know they're in a financial situation. So that's why they come to me and say, look, mom doesn't got a whole lot of money. You know, and I totally understand that and I respect that. And this is why we donate these services to these moms. Now, the name of your foundation, is it the same as your podcast? Yeah. So we call it the Always With Me Foundation. Okay. And 
that so always with me I remember when I was in the darkest darkest time of my postpartum and I always kept Sabrina close to me and I still do till this day even after three years she's always been my mentor and um and my guidance right she's always been my light to survive and walk through this and that's where it came from you know she like in the back of my mind she was always with me and the way I look at it is when we're visiting these moms and helping them or when I'm helping moms online I'm always with them I'm always their light I'm always going to be their guidance through motherhood we are building a sisterhood in motherhood and and that's something that we're missing in today's society is you know, we expect mom to do it all by herself and the sisterhood is gone. So I'm trying, that's my goal. My life goal is to try to build that back. That is awesome. Now you mentioned something and it kind of made my little, my ears perk up because you said <laughs> postpartum doula, because that is not something you hear a lot about, but it's it sounds not- like something amazing that I wish yeah. I would have had. You know, and I said the same thing. <laughs> So what happened was I remember talking to a lady. Her name is Lindsay Gibson. She had emailed me to be on my podcast and Mm -hmm. we were talking and I said, you know, what if we provided a meal train, right? You've heard of those meal trains. Have you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I was like, what if we did that for new moms, you know, give them some meals and stuff like that. And I was like, no, you know, they need more. They need more from me than dropping off a casserole. (laughs) (laughs) or a lasagna which don't get me wrong like if somebody came knocking on my door and be like here's a plate of lasagna for you I'll be like amen thank you (laughs) but it was more than that and I said I want to do more I want to come into the home and say do you need a nap do you need to take a shower you know you know when's the last time you ate and just a reminder even like a reminder for these moms when was the last time you drank water because Mm -hmm. that's definitely and Lindsay said, yeah, that's a postpartum doula, and I'm one of them. And that's mm. when my ears perked up, and I was like, excuse me, how come I never heard of this, and how come I never had one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was when, in October of 2017, that was when I became certified. And, you know, I did research, and it is, I don't want to call it more of a luxury, but it's not um, provided by your insurance, uh, mm. medical medical providers or medical insurance is not co- it's not covered and so I was like well that's not fair I believe that every mom no matter what financial situation you're in deserves this type of service and so that is how we came came, came to be <laughs> and uh, you know provide donate this type of services to moms who may not be able to afford this and that even like that includes myself. Like I wouldn't be able to afford a full doula, you know, for the first six weeks of being postpartum. Yeah, no, that is is pretty cool because the more that you explain the whole postpartum doula to me, it made me think about this one episode that I listened to. I want to say it was Boss Moms with Dana Malstaff, and she had this lady on there. I do not remember her name. Please forgive me if you are listening to this, but she is she's one of those moms that's rocking it and yeah she's 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 doing very well for herself and she called it a baby nurse and I was yeah. like a baby nurse like the, it was like pretty much a nurse that comes in and pretty much just helps you with everything so that you can like sleep and you're not like exhausted and having to deal with you know the 
crazy fatigue and trying to function after like little sleep and all that. And I was like, right. that is amazing. But I was like, what normal person can afford that? Because <laughs> the exactly. people she was talking about that has that are like celebrities. I was like, right. no way I was going to be able to afford that. Maybe for like a couple hours, I probably could afford a baby nurse. Maybe. Yeah. But Maybe. not Maybe for like you know, weeks on end. Yeah. So I think that's pretty amazing. And I really like that and definitely want to spread the word about that. Because we need more um, postpartum doulas, for sure. Now, Diana, you shared your story. And thank you for sharing that with me, because I know that can be difficult. Now, how are you able to find hope and joy after such a dark time like that? Oh, my gosh, girl, that sends chill down my spine when you just asked me. It's been a long road of healing. And I am still a working progress But what Sabrina had given me or gifted me after her death was a a new perspective on life. Um, And I guess to kind of paint the picture for your audience, I was your typical working mom, nine to five. You know, I worked an hour away from home. And I'm sure a lot of you mamas out there listening is like, amen, I know what you're talking about. I would come home about, you know, seven o'clock at night after we picked up the kids from their grandparents And I'm trying to figure out what to make for dinner. I'm trying to give them a bath and I give them a bath. And here I am just not present. I'm just Mm -hmm. doing these mundane tasks. And, and my goal in life was to always just be there for my kids. But how could I, when I was so broken with this loss, my heart was so broken. My mind was not there and I just lost it. And then I realized like, here I was working this desk job and don't get me wrong. Okay. I, if you have a desk job and you love it, rock on, keep doing it, keep doing what you love. But that's my point is that I was doing this, these, all these little jobs trying to figure out my identity, my life's purpose on what, what am I, what did God put me here on earth for? What am I here for? Other than being a mom to my children, of course, which is a big title in itself. But I needed something for myself. You know, I was working these jobs just for a paycheck. And, and I talk about this in my book, like I was just getting a paycheck and that was it to me. Like, cool, clock in at nine, clock out at 5.30. And, and that was it. And then every Sunday night I was dreading going back to work. I'm like, great, you know, Monday blues was legit for me. And after Sabrina's death, I was like, this is not cool. There's got to be something better out. You know, there's this feeling of being run down, this feeling of being on cruise control. Like I was done. I was tired of it. I wanted a better life for myself. And so, you know, although it was hard, like I tried figuring out ways to make a living, you know, from home. That way I can have a more flexible schedule. And, you know, although I still do work, but my, you know, if my daughter wants me to go to the library tomorrow, um, I push back if my schedule allows it. I'm like, cool, we can do that. You know, I'm not tied down to a desk at nine to five. And, and, I, and I miss those doctor's appointments. And so, you know, and like I said, I'm not saying those who do have just jobs, you know, are not living a happy life. Because if you are, you know, you're doing it right. And that's my point is that life is way, so way too short. You know, I've lost many people, including Sabrina, before the age of 30. And that doesn't make 
like that's not okay people <laughs> like this when I lost all of these friends from high school like I don't know what was going on in my that season of my life but you know I've had a high school classmate that died at 28 from cancer I had another high school friend that died at 27 and and then of course Sabrina died at 26 and that she painted this picture of or they all painted this picture of like live your life now be happy now don't wait for that perfect moment because that perfect moment may not be there tomorrow that was how i kept pushing myself forward and living in the moment and and really just stop living a life that society told me to live and here i am today and although i'm still a working progress i am so much happier and more joyful than i was 3 years ago Nice. That is, that is really good. You really hit the nail on the head when you said you got to live life now because you really don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. And a lot of times we get stuck in like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Or you're not being present with your kids now. And then you wake up and your kid's 18 about to graduate from high school. So I totally get it. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden they're like, for me, it's like my daughter's about to be five this year, like the end of this year. And I was like, what, what happened? You used to be a bald little baby. Like what, <laughs> you know, and that's what I mean. It's like just capturing, you know, mom life is hard ladies and mom life can be very repetitive and exhausting. But remember, like if it's, a, if you listen to anything I share with y'all today, remember to collect those tiny moments of motherhood collect those in your brain, those moments when your sibling or the, when your kids are playing with each other and not fighting with each other, those moments when they're learning how to brush their teeth or learning how to use the potty. Like this is the season I'm in now, you know, toddler life, but you know, those little moments that you think may be mundane and repetitive and like, Oh, I'm, of course I'm always going to remember that these plays every day before you know it, like you said, Tony, they're going to be 18 and you forget those days and you miss those days when they were climbing onto the potty for the first time. So Diana, you brought up some really good things because um, that's one thing that I talked about. There is actually a blog post that I wrote about, about spending quality time with your kids. And one of the things that I put in there is about being present. So I'm totally with you and hundred percent on board with what you're saying. Now, I um, want to switch gears a little bit. I want you to give us some quick tips on how you can support a family member or friend that is suffering from suicidal thoughts. And this is, uh, and when I'm saying a friend or a family member that's suffering from suicidal thoughts, this is when they've actually expressed it to you, like, you know, this is what's going on. So how can you support a friend or family member? Just because I know that there are some moms out there that probably have friends or family members that are going through this and they want to know, like, what can I do to help them? Absolutely. First of all, (laughs) and I think this is the obvious, but please do not tell them that that is a stupid idea. Why would you ever think that way? Please, for the love, (laughs) do not say that (laughs) because it hurts them even more. And, And another thing is don't tell them, think about your children because they already are thinking about their children. And they are in a place in their head where their negative thoughts had convinced them that their children are in a better, will be in a better place without them. You know, when somebody had come to you and said that they are struggling with suicidal thoughts, their brain had already confirmed to them that they are not worthy 
of this life. And so saying, please think of your children or why would you think that way isn't helping because they had already, already thought about their children and they see, they view a life of their children without them. And that's the sad part. So what you should do is be an ear. First of all, hug them, know that they are loved, know that they are worthy of, this, of being here on this planet. The, what, the most thing that you can do to your friend or your family member is show them that you love them. Because that is one thing that they're struggling right now is they feel that they are all alone. They feel that nobody loves them and they feel that they are not worthy of being here. And the most thing that you can do is just love that person, love on that person, listen to that person, you know, be empathetic, listen to them. And, and there are situations where I've had family members say, I don't understand what you're feeling, but I'm trying. Mm-hmm. So, if, so, you know, flip the script. If you are somebody who is struggling with suicidal thoughts and struggling with your family members to understand you, Please know that if they look at you and say, I do not understand what you're going through, but I am trying, please accept that with grace. They really are trying because, you know, people with, without mental illness issues, you know, we think differently and, and it's hard, you know, it's hard for everyone to, it's hard for every single person to understand what it's like to feel suicidal. That is awesome. I never thought about it like that. And I, I did not know about the phrase about, you know, think about your children because I know yeah. that's probably something I'd say. So thank you for yeah, telling yeah. me that. Because I would have messed that up really quick. No, so yeah, no. so um, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. So I just want to <laughs> recap what you were just saying because this is really, really good and I don't want anyone to miss it. Now, you're saying don't tell them like, oh, you know, what you're thinking is just silly or stupid. Right. Like don't kind of diminish our their feelings and their thoughts like definitely acknowledge them and then you also said don't tell them oh think about your children because like you said they've already thought about it and in their head they think that their children are better off with them not there right. so exactly awesome. yes that and that's my experience you know because obviously I struggled with uh, multiple suicide attempts and I've gotten like think of your children Diana think of your children and for me it was like I already thought about them you know, I've, I've already confirmed it, like, not me, like the depression, the demons, what have you, the negative thoughts had already told me, <laughs> girlfriend, they don't need you here. They already told me that. So of course, we do think about our children. Of course, okay. I think that was, that's one of the first things we think about. Now, Diana, um, I know I was asking about a friend or family member that's already expressed to you like hey I'm having these type of thoughts but what about the friend or family member that doesn't actually verbally tell you are there any signs that we should be aware of yeah so isolation is a big one for me it was and you know it's interesting to look at my experience and then and then look at Sabrina and the the friend that she was when she was going through this because she never told me And what I saw was isolation. What I saw was, um, you know, you know, when you're planning dinner with a girlfriend or a coffee date and they don't show up or, or they cancel constantly, or they're just like, they text you like, you know, I can't make it today. And, and then of course your assumption is, 
well, you're a flaky friend. Like, what kind of friend are you, right? Check on that friend. Mm-hmm. I'm getting emo- emotional because Sabrina was that friend. Sabrina, to me, before I knew that she suffered from depression, I was angry with her. Like, I had girlfriend breakups with her, okay? I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about when you're like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, friendship breakups. And because she was a flake, but I realized had I had checked up on her, had I asked her those questions like, hey, what's going on? Or in a more, not in that tone, but like in a more compassionate, empathetic kind of sense, like, you know, mm-hmm. do you need to talk? Do you need someone to talk to? Um, check on that friend who is isolating themselves because more than likely they're not okay. That is a good one. And that <laughs> that is definitely something that I have seen in others. So I will definitely make sure I'm checking right. up on people. Right. Because yeah. I think, and especially with the the two deaths with um, Kate Spade and then, um, oh my gosh, I'm losing it. Anthony. Yeah. Uh, I forgot his last name though. It starts with a B. <laughs> yes, him. The, the, yeah. the guy that eats all over the world. When yeah. those two deaths happened, because they happened back to back, that's when I was like, okay, wake up call. I need to check on everybody because these people, like, they seem like they have it all. They they seem like they have a good family. Like, well, it seems. That's what I'm saying. It seems. Exactly. Like, you know, everything is good. So it definitely was a wake up call for me to be like, hey, you need to go check on your sisters, your friends, everybody. Go just make sure everybody's cool. Check on them. Yes, absolutely. Like, no, really, like, I mean, I was that friend. I was that friend who was like, you know, I I joined a mom's group and I never showed up because one, okay, a little bit of grace and mercy on your friend who is an introvert because I am. <laughs> but also, if your friend is not an introvert and you know that friend to be an extrovert and to always be social, sociable and always go into the parties and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, they're not all of a sudden they've disappeared check on them because they are not okay because that's not you know that's not their normal absolutely for me it was um charles i'm gonna butcher his name charles beddington uh from lincoln park okay okay yeah for that was that was i mean gosh tony it's like how many suicides celebrity suicides do we need to happen in order for the society to be like oh, this is a big deal, right? Yes. For me, it was Charles Reddington. That one hit me so close to home because, okay, I'm going to age myself. I'm a 1989 baby. I'm going to be 30. (laughs) (laughs) But Linkin Park was my thing. Like, that was the band that I used to love to listen to in high school. And so when Charles took his life, I got, I was torn. I was like, you know, what's happening? So, you know, you mentioned Kate. Kate Spade and things like that. For me, it was Charles. Now, Diana, thank you so much for sharing all that. Like I said, I know that that was not the easiest, but I'm, I'm really appreciative of you sharing that with us. Now, before we sign off, I, one of my favorite questions to ask all of my guests is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Hmm. Can I multiply myself? <laughs> like, I'm not... <laughs> like seriously and I'm sure like all y'all can agree to this but like I would like a multiple I don't know if my husband would like this but oh yeah I would, I would like multiple of myself like you know 
the mom, the business owner, you know, the friend, like I need three, maybe four of me. Like if I could have that, that'd be great. <laughs> that is a good one. I haven't heard that one. That really? That's good. so funny. <laughs> yes, I want multiplication superpower. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. You will get a lot done for sure. <laughs> Now, Diana, where can our listeners find you if they're trying to look for you on social media or online? Yeah, absolutely. So check me out at dianamcollins.com. You'll find my book that's going to be launching soon. And then, um, you know, if you're, I'm also a speaker. So if you are looking for somebody to be a speaker and talk about the mental illness um, side of things, check me out. And then also, You'll also find me on social media on that website. And if you want to find more about our nonprofit, go to alwayswithme.org. You'll find ways to how you can support it, how you can donate, or even maybe if you are local to Las Vegas, donate your time to us. And hopefully in the future, we will be nationwide. So, <laughs> yes, I would love for you to come over to the East Coast for yes. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We are in Connecticut, though, Lindsay Gibson. Um, okay. We are, we do have our little chapter in Connecticut and then our next one will be Ohio and then Arizona. Baby steps, girlfriend, baby steps. Uh, yes. Awesome. <laughs> I'm liking it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Now, um, really quick before we jump off, Diana, you mentioned your book. So yeah. at the time of this recording, it's still in the reviewing stage, but I'm for sure that by the time this goes live, your book will be published. So did you want to yeah. talk about that really quick? Absolutely. So you can check it out on Amazon. It's called She Saved Me, Choosing Joy After a Tragedy. It talks about my story about me and Sabrina and our friendship, how, you know, how I knew Sabrina and how this hurt has changed my life forever and how I flipped the script and turned this tragedy into a life lesson. Awesome. Yay, Diana. I'm so excited and proud of you. I'm really excited to read the book too. So yes, we will have all of these links in the show notes. So if you're like, what did she say? Do not forget, check the show notes. It will all be there. Yes. Thank you, love. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Diana. Now that does it for this episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. To find the links in the show notes, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash 26. There you'll find all the links that Diana mentioned from the Always With Me Foundation to her new book that has just been released, as well as her website. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure that you share it with a friend because the more people know about it, the better. Now, next week, we'll be talking to Sybil about skinny shaming. This is a pretty interesting topic that you don't want to miss. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out when this episode airs next Tuesday. Now, that does it for this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.